Hey everybody and welcome back to the Morning Moxie Show. I'm Alicia Sharp, your host, and today we have Sheila Walsh on the show. And she is talking to us basically about her testimony and how she didn't realize the deep pain that she had and that she was burying just to, kind of as a cover-up to this um, role that she was playing as a TV host on the 700 Club with Pat Robertson. And so God really moved through somebody to ask her, hey, how are you doing? And she just fell apart because she had never really dealt with the issues that she had growing up. It's a great interview, great story. Here's Sheila. People think, man, my life, if it was only as great as Sheila Walsh's, <laughs> I mean, everything must just go perfect for her growing up. It just must have been all rosy and great. But I want you to tell us the real story. What happened in your life? And tell us how God brought you to this point in your life. Well, I was born um, in the west coast of Scotland, a small fishing village, and I was born to a mom and dad who loved Jesus, which wouldn't be unusual in the States. But in Scotland, at that point, less than 3% of our population even went to church. Wow. So to have a mom and dad who didn't just go to church, but who really loved Jesus was such a gift. My sister, who's two years older, she's kind of what every mother hopes for. You know, she liked all the kind of ribbons and sticky outy dresses. But I was a tomboy, so I adored my dad. I thought there was nobody on this earth quite like my father. Um, But when I was about five years old, my father had a massive brain aneurysm, Mm. which changed his personality. And he went from being this warm, loving dad to a confused and ultimately violent stranger. And the last day I ever saw my dad, I turned just in time to see that he was about to bring his cane down in my skull. And I don't know whether I pushed it or pulled it, but he lost his balance and lay on the ground just roaring like an animal. And the last look in my father's eyes was one of absolute hatred. Mm. And he was taken off that day to what was then called our local lunatic asylum. It's what you'd call a psych hospital these days. He was 34 years old. Wow. But he managed to escape one night and he drowned himself in the river behind the hospital. And you didn't take children to funerals in Scotland to to a graveside. All I remember is my mom coming home in a black dress with a black hat on Mm. and taking every single picture of my father off the walls or off the table and putting them in a little suitcase which she locked and pushed under the bed and we never mentioned his name again. Wow. I think we know so much more now about how to help yeah. children process yeah. grief. I think my mom thought, I'll let Sheila bring the conversation up. Sure. She had no way of knowing that there was a question that burned inside of me that no one could answer. What did my dad see in me that made him hate me so much? Oh. So I grew up with what I call a profound sense of shame. And here's how I differentiate between shame and guilt. Yeah. If I said something unkind to you, I would feel guilty until I could say, listen, please forgive me. That was all my fault. So guilt tells me I've done something wrong. Shame tells me I am something wrong. Wow. And what do you do with that? And I remember the night I gave my life to Christ when I was 11. My mom prayed for me and she said something that would be good news to most people. She said, Sheila, not only is Christ your savior and your Lord, you have a heavenly father watching out for you, watching over you. But I remember at 11 thinking, I've got one more chance to get it right. Whatever my earthly dad saw in me that made him hate me, my heavenly father is never going to see in me. I'm going to be the perfect Christian Mm. if it kills me. 
Wow. And it, but it, you know, it nearly did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, that can just put you in such a performance trap so quick. Absolutely. It's why I went to yeah. seminary when I was 19. Mm -hmm. I went to London Theological Seminary to train to be a missionary in India because I couldn't think of anything I would hate more. Wow. I actually thought, how, you know, how proud of God, of me, God would be thinking, look at her. She's traveling, which she hates to do, going to a country with very large crawly beasties. Um, all because she loves me. What a girl. So it's like to please God, yeah. I have to do something that I don't want to do. Like, watch me, Lord, watch me. Wow. Um, and God redirected my steps. I ended up working with Billy Graham and his crusades. Wow. And then um, I got an invitation to become Pat Robertson's co-host on the 700 Club. Incredible. For five years. But inside, I was still the same scared little broken girl mm. who wouldn't let anybody get close to her in case you saw what my father saw. Yeah. Do you know it's possible to be very well-known and desperately lonely? Yeah. That's how I lived. Wow. You know, it's crazy. You can be rich and be lonely. You can be married and be lonely. Yeah. You can be worshiping God with all your heart on Sunday and be lonely. Yeah. It's amazing how that happens. Now, you know, I just want to ask about something, too. You just, you talked about your mom. She probably just did the best she could. Oh, absolutely. You know, My she mom probably was just didn't know. amazing. I mean, no one talked about mental health issues, yeah. at least that I remember, until the last probably, what, five or ten years? And particularly in Scotland. I mean, in Scotland, we, you know, I was brought up in a very conservative. Yeah. I mean, my church, my great-great-grandfather made the communion table. You know, we came wow. from this long line of godly, strong women. Wow. But we didn't talk about the things that really hurt us. You mm. know, we just carried on. But God in His mercy, that's what blows me away about the love of God. Yeah. You know, He, God knew I was just surviving. And He set up uh, a rescue plan that I would never have signed up for. But God's plans are so much greater than we could imagine. Yeah, yeah. And what happened to me was, one morning on live television, my guest, instead of answering my question, turned the tables and said to me, Sheila, you sit here every day asking how we're doing. How are you doing? And she meant it kindly, but I wasn't prepared for it and I hadn't time to pull up that wall. And wow. I fell apart on huh. national television. And by that evening, I was in the locked ward of a psychiatric hospital. Wow. Wow. Goodness. So, you know, it's interesting you say that because I think God allows people to make a giant mistake or a fall or a failure or just kind of fall apart in, in a public setting because that way you can't deny it or hide it any longer. So now you have to deal with it. Yeah. So here you are in the psych ward and you're like, I'm Miss Christian leader everyone looks to and my life is crumbling. What's going through your mind at this point? You know, it was interesting because the person who was the most supportive and loving toward me was Pat Robertson. Wow. You know, he was, I mean, he was my boss. He was the man I looked up to, a mentor. He should have been the one saying, you know, we're talking about healing and miracles here and you've fallen off your chair. Yeah. But he was the most loving and supportive. But one of our senior staff took me for a walk around our building before I headed to the hospital. And he said, you can't do this. If people find out where you're going, they will never trust you again. Your ministry will be over. Wow. You are the weak link here. Mm. You know, the enemy's trying to use you to destroy this ministry. And I felt so, I mean, I already felt so guilty. Yeah, yeah. And it just made me feel so much worse. And he said, you need to save your ministry. Yeah. And I said, he, he meant it good. He meant he it well, did. I'm sure. But, I, but what I said to him was, I'm not trying to save my ministry. I'm trying to save my life. Wow. Wow. And that's the amazing thing about God. Wow. That's incredible. You know... Sheila, the thing is, is that I don't think your situation is unique at all. Mm. I think this is something that people really resonate all over the world. 
Yeah. But nobody wants to say it. I know. It's the elephant in the room. Yeah. You know what was interesting was I hadn't even thought about the fact that this unit I was in was a Christian unit within a psychiatric hospital. Wow. So it hadn't occurred to me that some of these other patients would know who I was. <laughs> and that first morning, you know, they take away your belt, your hose, your makeup, your hair dryer, anything you could hurt yourself with. Yeah. I remember saying to the nurse, trust me, I have no intentions of blow drying myself to death. Right, she right, was not right. impressed. Yeah. But the next morning, I put on my bathrobe and I wandered along to where the other patients were. Mm. And it was one of those moments when, you know, everybody's talking until you walk in and there's just like silence. And this one guy eventually said, are you Sheila Walsh? And I said, yeah. He said, well, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I said, I'm a patient. And he said, yeah, right. And I said, you think I'm here to do a documentary in my bathrobe? I yeah. don't think so. Wow. And he said something that was hard to hear but it was part of my healing. He said, hey, I don't mean to offend you. We all watch you every morning. You're supposed to be helping us. Wow. But when you finally Amen. fall off your shelf yeah. and join the rest of people who love God but don't have all the answers, yeah. those yeah. who are beautifully broken by Christ. That's so good. That's so good. Wow. You know, I, I remember the first time I, I shared in church some shortcomings and my wife was like, people are, are, are going to freak out that you struggle with this or that. And the exact opposite happened. Yeah. People were drawn to it. Mm -hmm. I just believe God uses a brokenness in, in you to this day. It's attractive. It draws people to your ministry and to your words. It gives you more influence, not less influence. The exact opposite of what we think. Yeah, and I think we need to decide who is the hero of our story. Mm. I'm not the hero of my story. Jesus is the hero of my That's story. Good. That's I'm not so the good. good news. He's the good news. Love that. That was Sheila Walsh. And you can find that on YouTube if you search under Sheila Walsh. Testimony Through Abuse and Clinical Depression. Praise on TBN. You can also find out more information about her at SheilaWalsh.com. I hope that you have a fabulous day today and that you know how much God loves you and that you can live a 320 life. God bless you.